It's the wrestling talk that happens after they kick us off the air. It's the finishing move, the dark matches. And now your hosts, Big John Radcliffe, Road Dog Adam Gillespie, and the bearded wrestling fan Chris Colwell. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the finishing move, the dark matches. I gotta stop doing that. That doesn't sound like great. Um, Big John Radcliffe, along with my tag team partner Chris Colwell. Chris, what's happening? Well, apparently a lot in my life right now, as I just revealed on the live show, if you were listening, that... You're actually the Shockmaster's son, and you wanted to reveal (laughs) that after many, many years of keeping that in, that you want to reveal that the Shockmaster really is your father. We all kind of speculated it. Well, that's why I went by. I should have been just Shockmaster Jr. from the get-go when I joined the show, and I'm sorry that I didn't do that. In reality, yeah, a lot going on here, a... uh, a dad to be sitting right here talking to you right now, so that's going to be a, a fun ride later this year. But uh, that's great. That means it gets a new Twitter name. Yeah, no, oh, I have told you from grief. the get go that Bearded Colwell will remain the name. Yeah, he'll become the of... bearded father to be, and then he'll become the bearded dad. Then he'll become the bearded guy with a minivan. Then he'll become <laughs> the bearded dad of two. Then he'll become the bearded dad of two and a dog. It, it, it's a vicious cycle. We, we all know More what we're like, for. Uh, two and a. A horse, because my wife is a big horse lover. So you can't bring a horse in the house. You know that. <laughs> no, but kids. I can get the property that. That's not holds safe. The horse. You bring the kids and a horse and the kids. Just. Well, what about a mini horse? You know, Defax is going to come. <laughs> Good grief! <laughs> Look, congratulations, man! You Thanks, did break sir. some big news on the finishing move, which you can hear every Thursday from seven to eight p.m. live on the Atlanta Sports X twelve thirty a.m. one zero six three FM. Or you can download the Atlanta Sports X app. Just tap that app. It's available in Apple and iTunes stores. Wherever you get your apps from, you can download it right from there. As well as you can go to atlsportsx.com. You click on the podcast tab. That's where all our podcasts lived. All previous interviews. We've had Cody Rhodes, the Young Bucks. We've had Stevie Richards. We have so many more to come that it's been a great honor to have those guests that we're looking forward to bringing you more this year. But tonight on the finishing move, the dark matches. You know, we've had some, uh, I don't want to call it controversy, we've had some unique things go on in WWE. And there have been things that not only myself, Chris Colwell, as well as the third member of our team, Adam Gillespie, we've all kind of had different feelings, mixed emotions about it. But at this point in time, I think we just want to settle. Three big things that have been coming up. Now, uh, Gillespie's not with us tonight, but I think I, I think, no. That's I an have, issue into itself. Yeah, it is actually a different podcast. But I don't think we need itself. to debate that one. That's a different one. All, that's a different podcast all in itself. <laughs> Um, but three big things that have happened in WWE lately. As the day we're recording this, WWE had Super Showdown over in Saudi Arabia today. And if you've been keeping up, Bill Goldberg, well, he beat The Fiend. Or Goldberg, he beat The Fiend. He's now a new champion. As well as The Undertaker came out. It was a surprise during a gauntlet match. And he beat AJ Styles to win basically a trophy that means absolutely nothing to no one. Or anyone. A trophy that means nothing. Let's just face it. Because we haven't seen the Andre the Giant trophy in forever. Well, we saw it. Who won the Battle Royal last year? I don't even remember. I, I, my point is now proven. But also something else that Mr. Colwell has had an issue with is that the Bella Twins, well, they're going to be inducted in the this year's class of the WWE Hall of Fame. Now, ultimately, we that's a wide array of different superstars. And, you know... If you go on Twitter, if you've gone on social media, you see a wide array of different reactions. And so, Cole, well, I wanted to know, of those three, I guess we can put them in order. First, what's the first, or better yet, what's the last one? Which one infuriated you the least? I would say, because I actually didn't infuriate me at all, was The Undertaker coming out at the end of the gauntlet match as the surprise 
and beating AJ Styles within seconds because it was a gauntlet match. It wasn't just a straight one-on-one match between AJ Styles and The Undertaker. It was a surprise, and it was meant to build. It wasn't like a legit kind of thing. It was meant as a storyline type deal. So that didn't really bother me one bit. Uh, here's the thing, though. I I had a slight issue with that because AJ Styles, look, we know that as WWE transitions through a few different things, one of the reasons I had an issue with it, first of all, let me backtrack. Undertaker, retire. Please. Pretty please. He's got a few more left in him, don't he? A few more what? Matches. Hospital visits? Co-pays? <laughs> it depends on the opponent. Knee replacements? <laughs> I mean, look, we saw everything, and this is why, and if you've been listening to the finishing move on the SportsX for a long time, you can probably figure out very easily what direction I'm going in with this one. But The Undertaker coming out and squashing AJ Styles, I had an issue with that one. I had a serious issue with that one. So the one that bothered me the least is the Bellas going into the Hall of Fame, and I'll tell you about that one in a few seconds. But Undertaker coming out and squashing AJ Styles, I get it. AJ Styles is the perfect person to take the bump for him, for the position that he's in. It doesn't hurt AJ's notoriety because he's been doing a lot of things with the OC. So that I think that's going to continue. I don't think that's going to go anywhere. And obviously, AJ had to agree to it. But now, if it's going to happen, then AJ needs to get get back. And that means at WrestleMania, I want to see AJ Styles versus The Undertaker. I'm all for it. I, I do. and I think that is the right opponent. And I, I, they obviously learned their lesson from last year's well, what, what was the Saudi Arabia show in May? That like Super Showdown wreck? 2.0 or something like that. It was yeah, like something like Diamond that. in the Rough or Crown something. Crown Royal, Crown Showdown. No, Crown Royal, something else. <laughs> I had something completely Crown different. Yep. Clearly they were drinking Crown Royal when they decided to book Undertaker versus Goldberg 20 years too late. But they learned from that because Goldberg, you know, it was the train wreck of the match they had. So the next time out with Goldberg, who did they give him? They gave him a guy like Dolph Ziggler. Who can sell for him? Who can make him look great and isn't going to be tough for him? It's not a big guy that Goldberg's got to try to lift up. It, it, you know, He's obviously not as strong as he was in his prime of 98, 99, 2000, you know, that era, late 90s. So it was a good guy, a good opponent for Goldberg in that role. So they go the same route with The Undertaker. Now, if you want a WrestleMania match this year for, for The Undertaker, you give him somebody who's going to be light to lift, somebody who can take all those bumps and is not going to hurt him in the process, and it's going to be a great match because of who he's facing. AJ Styles, no doubt in my mind, it was the right opponent. I know we, we speculated uh, when we did our podcast where we made kind of our fantasy card that maybe a guy like Aleister Black would have been a good opponent for him, and I think that would have been a similar situation because Aleister Black could have bumped for him too, but AJ is a guy that's known for with the exception of one thing that happened in Japan about five years ago with Yoshi Tatsu, he's been one of the safest wrestlers in ever. I mean, he, he doesn't injure guys. He doesn't get injured typically, and uh, it just works, and he's going to be a guy that can protect The Undertaker, keep her from getting more injured than his, his old body that's taken the pounding it ha- already is, and they're going to put on a quality match that, you know, this may end up very well being the, la- the Undertaker's last WrestleMania match. And here, and that's exactly why I have an issue with it. Everything that you said about it, protect the Undertaker, nurture the Undertaker. He's not a kid. This is one of the elite wrestlers. He's one of the special wrestlers that exists. This match shouldn't have even happened because let's just face facts on something. Undertaker should have retired about five years ago. Yeah, I said it. Go ahead and at me. John Rad 450. He should have retired four, four or five years ago. It, it, 
it just I don't did, disagree with that. It just didn't need to happen with someone like AJ. And I get that, you know, AJ is one of the guys. He can take the bumps. He can give the bumps. He can do moves. But the thing that comes about from it, number one, if you're even looking at the, the, the writing on the wall, one of AJ's finishers, the style Styles Clash, can't happen. It's kind of a... He doesn't really use that enough anymore anyway. I don't think that's a problem. He can't use it on The Undertaker at all. Phenomenal forearm. Okay, I get it, but the Styles Clash is a special move. It is something that he can do on certain wrestlers, and I understand that aspect and the safety portion of it. Besides the size factor, The Undertaker's too old. He can't take. He can't bend that way anymore. No. It's just one of those things that I have. Seri- I had some issues with this. This one ranks a little bit higher for me. One that's in third place for me. It's the Bella Twins. Honestly, I've told you before. I have no issues with the Bella Twins going into the Hall of Fame. Are there some people that should go in before them? Yes. I won't. I, and I know those two statements can't live together, but it's true. There are people that could have gone in before them. If you follow me on Twitter, John Rad four fifty. Chris, what bearded, bearded name? Bearded Colwell. It's not going to change, and the show itself too is at. Uh, Wrestle Sports X. I almost forgot it. It's at Wrestle Sports X. If you tweet me at John Rad four fifty, tell me how many times he'll change his name before his kid gets here. I have a prize for you if you got the right <laughs> number. John Rad four fifty on Twitter. Tweet me if you get the number right. I have I, I'll have some wrestling memorabilia or something for you. I'll get you. I'll hook you up with a prize. We're gonna make this. We're gonna have a game out of this. You know one. what? And if you want to, if you're not a Twitter friendly person, if you prefer Facebook, we do have a Facebook page as well now. Just look for the finishing move on there. If you want to send us a message or a post on there with the same thing, I'll play along with this game. I'm not changing my Twitter handle, I promise you. But if you want to play this game with John, go ahead and make a prediction. You can do it on Facebook as well. You know how angry he's getting? You can, you I'm know I'm right. I'm fired up person tonight. You, you can, that's how angry he is. Did you not tell is. from the live show? That's how, that's how angry he is. He knows I'm right. He's going to change his name like tomorrow night. Just watch. No, it's not Just happening. Watch. He's going to change it tomorrow night. But look, I have no issues with the Bellas going into the Hall of Fame. I, I get it. People have an issue with well, what have they done? They were they were around in a time when WWE didn't care about the women's division. I'm not arguing that point, but they were there. They were mainstays of it. They they had two big stars that they were going up against. They were going up against AJ Lee. They were going up against Paige. And no matter how you want to slice it or dice it. Even if you take it back a little bit further, you can't overlook twin magic. When that existed, when that was popular, that was one of those things. And all they did to come into that p- position. And then I, you can add in a little bit extra, which some people will say, yeah, but that was out of the ring. They helped bring a little bit of notoriety and and a show, two shows actually, yeah. to the WWE that was not just on that wasn't on the network that brought more eyes to up and coming WWE female superstars. So. Nikki and Brie Bella, look, you got to applaud them. You have to applaud what they do. And, you know, look, some of the promos that they put together, whether it be AJ Lee or Paige, whether they were on one end or the other, it was still a part of it. It's They have so many memorable moments that it is just one of those things that I can sit there and look and say, you know what, it is. they deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. Maybe they were memorable to you, but not so much me for them. I, look, I will give them credit where credit is due. From an outside-the-ring perspective, from a reality show perspective, they put Total Divas on the map. I cannot deny that. And if they belong in the Hall of Fame, it's for that reason. But it's not for what they did in the ring. Because if you look at the era when they were winning, look, yes, they just happened to be there in the transition from the Divas era of the early 2000s into the women's revolution. They just so happened to be there along with 
Naomi and Natalia and some of the other women's wrestlers that were there as the transition. But I would by no means say that they were a major – they were that important to the transition. Because other than Nikki Bella having to hold that title for as long as she did, which I don't know, I think at times with, with her reign that maybe she wasn't meant to hold it that long, but the situation just kind of played out that way, so she just kept holding on to it. Whatever. But if you look at, you know, when they were really their heyday of it, it was early in those teens when they were wrestling Maurice and Jillian Hall, Eve Torres, I mean, the, the Kelly Kelly. Or am I naming Hall of Famers right there? They're not. And for me with the Bellas, you look at uh, uh, Brie won the title, I think, sometime in 2011. Completely unmemorable title reign. Nikki Bella held it for literally less than a week in uh, 12 or 13 didn't matter. You had someone like Caitlyn, who nobody remembers anymore. Who you know, I don't even know what she's doing now. I think she may have had some. She's actually wrestling. She's still wrestling. wrestling. Yes. You know what? Congratulations on the independent circuit. But she didn't have a very memorable WWE career. Then you get yeah, like you mentioned, an AJ Lee or Paige. To me, they were bigger in the transition than the Bellas were because AJ Lee was one of the most compelling women's wrestlers ever. From a storyline perspective, she became the focal point of a world title storyline with CM Punk and Daniel Bryan and Kane. She was a major part from a, from an interest uh, perspective in 2012 in WWE. AJ Lee would be someone that I would put in the Hall of Fame. Paige, I mean, was pretty much the beginning of the women's evolution. Before there was Charlotte, before there was Sasha, before there was Bailey and Becky. Paige and Emma were kind of doing that down in NXT. Paige... It's someone that you talk about, even though she had such a short career, unfortunately, due to injury. You could talk about her. But from an injury perspective, Brie and Nicole aren't ready to go into the Hall of Fame. You could put them in there down the road, but there's too many more deserving women's wrestlers, and not even the ones I'm naming now. What about a Mickey James? Where is she in the Hall of Fame? May I ask you a question? Yes. Mickey James was a part of that exact same time frame. One of Nick, no. Mickey James, the start of Mickey James portion took on Trish Stratus. Yes. That was the greatest part of it. When she went mm. to that portion, when she was jobbing out for Michelle McCool and Layla, and I'm not disrespecting them, Mickey James went to the same thing. You're you're wanting to penalize the the Bellas basically because they went through an era where the WWE ignored them. And if you're going to do just that, then also at that point in time, from the perspective that you're looking at it from, there are people in the Hall of Fame that you're almost going to have to start pulling out of the Hall of Fame. One name in particular, Tori Wilson. What was Tori Wilson's entering performance? I never was, said she should have been in the Hall of Fame either. No, but that's what I'm saying. It, you got People keep looking at the Hall of Fame of saying who doesn't belong. At this point in time, when you're looking at it from the perspective of who's there, then that's where you have to edit that look a little bit more and you have to tweak it because when you have names like that that are in the Hall of Fame at that point in time, it may, it opens the door. Prime example, we open the door to a, a rule change that we do in our draft picks because Gillespie found kind of a loophole in it. Putting certain individuals in created that loophole. Now, in that loophole, I see the Bella Twins are bigger than other individuals that are there, and that's what gets them the opportunity to be in there. It just so happens that it fell at a time, unfortunately, where the WWE ignored what women wrestlers were doing because they went through that era where they were looking for models. And, and I'm not saying that was right, but they went through, and it was Vince's playground. Vince was looking for pretty women that he could sit there, and he went with the adage of sex sell. When his wife then became a politician, wait, I got to change a little bit. <laughs> That's I, true. I got to change the angle and the way we do things a little bit more. 
I'm not saying that the Bellas are the greatest wrestlers ever. Absolutely not. If you take them out of the era that they were in, they don't exist. But the era and the time that they were in is what gets them in there. But I don't and, think that they were the biggest in their era. I think an AJ Lee stands out more than AJ them. Lee's time I think was Michelle so. Michelle McCool stands out more than them. Okay, well, first of all, you got to remember AJ Lee's not going to go in because she's not in good standings with WWE. Well, sure, I, I'm not so saying that she that, is. That's going not going to go happen. But you also have to remember how. And now I almost want to look it up because AJ Lee's time in WWE was so short. And if you're just basing this off of in-ring performance. It was a very short stint that she had. 2011 to 2015. That would be my guess. Because she, her and Caitlin, because we talked about her, they were both on the, uh, and and Naomi as well, were on the female version of the original NXT. She went from 2013 to 2015 in in in-ring. She did two Mm, years in-ring. Okay, that would be competing for the women's title. She did... 2011 to 2013, she was more so in and out of the ring in a managerial. She was commissioner. But she she was was, also one of the most important characters on WWE at the time. If you're saying that she was more important, keeping in mind, you're talking about John Cena that was in the portion of this. If you're saying that she's overshadowed, she... He was in that a portion of it. Yes, he was, but so was CM Punk. So was Daniel Bryan. So, so was Dolph Kane. Ziggler. So was Dolph so, Ziggler. So, so was Biggie Langston. Langston. So if you're saying that she overshadows several of those superstars, then you're absurd with that. No, I think that a lot Keeping of... Keeping in mind also that AJ Lee's career started out, and once again, it, it unfortunately, it's where she got squashed because it was at the tail end of Natalia and Beth Phoenix with the Divas of Doom. And those were two of the best pure wrestlers that the female wrestlers that the WWE probably have, has ever had. Yeah, I said it. It was at a time where what she was being used for and the scenario that the area areas that you're looking at, then if that's the case, Vicky Guerrero goes in as well. I think Vicky Guerrero does belong in the Hall of Fame for that reason. Because they were characters. Because they were, they were a focal point of major storylines. Vicky Guerrero. Then you're was, opening up the WWE Hall of Fame to so many minute portions and people that don't belong. And that's not to say AJ doesn't belong, but you're opening it up to so many minute, insignificant characters now that you're going to convolute it. What? No, no. Look, Vicky Guerrero was a authority figure on the air. She was a, I mean, basically with a uh, main character with Edge on TV. She was a tail end of Eddie's life on, on the storyline with him. And Rey Mysterio. That one does. That, I understand we're throwing that one out. I was about to say, if you're putting she that was with that. on TV in a role that was, was a, and she was a heat seeker as a heel on TV in that role. I think, I mean, if you, would you not agree? Now, this is going to be a comparison. We're going to go to the male side of things. Does Eric Bischoff not belong in the Hall of Fame? He Correct. He does. Fame, does he not? He does. But does he, if you took away the fact that he was actually ran WCW. If it was just solely for him as the quote unquote leader, one of the leaders of the NWO, and as the GM of Monday Night Raw, would you put him in the Hall of Fame? Are we putting in the founder and the creator of the NWO? He created the NWO. I'm talking about from a strictly storyline on air perspective. No, he doesn't go in. I think he does. No, he's one of the biggest heels in the history of the business. Then at that point, Vince McMahon not going in the Hall of Fame for just the Vince McMahon character. Then at that point in time, and I don't know if he's in there for just the character, then you're saying John Laurinaitis goes in for that. John Laurinaitis was around for like um, a year. That's what I just said. It was two Mickey years. Mickey was around for a lot longer than it was AJ two years. Lee was was around a- longer than that. It was two years with AJ Lee with the Bella Twins. Just in terms of what they did in various storylines, they went from 2008 to 2011. Nobody they cared went- about him from 08 until. 
15. I love how you're conveniently removing the portions of the of it that makes it work for you. But if you're going through in terms <laughs> okay. of what they've done, well, let's just see. Brie Bella defeated, defeated Victoria, Natalia. That was really all they had there. They were part of Miz and Morrison, who were tag team champions at that point in time. They also were came to the that ring. Was so that, memorable, I forgot about it. Because you're conveniently removing the portions of what they've done to make the story work for you. Also, they were a part of a storyline, oh, well, with Daniel Bryan. Huh, if you remove that out, maybe it's not important. That then, wasn't important, though. Daniel Bryan didn't matter back then. That was early in his career. It and, was not over, and neither were they. Then if you want to go with that one, neither was Dolph Ziggler. So why are you putting Vicky Guerrero there? If you're putting it at that portion, and if you're taking it also with that, with AJ Lee, if you want to look at just the timeline and which she was, Cena and the managers, you're really only talking from October of 2012 to April of 2013. No, I'm talking... From before WrestleMania in 2012 until the time she left the company, she got huge Co-well, pops. Co-well, every time she, when she when she an left the wrestler, con- she, when she left the company, she was an in-ring competitor. Yes, you're mixing and matching the fact that you're saying she was a part of of, she, of being there and coming down to the ring and being in a pivotal portion in there with Kane, with Cena, with CM Punk. You're saying that because as a manager, she was not an in-ring competitor there. It, I'm not. What did we just say? They could be in the Hall of Fame if they're, regardless of whether but they're that, in ring, if they're important to the storyline. She's got two things there. I'd put her in the Hall of Fame for what she, how she held up the Divas Division from 13 into when Paige debuted, and then I'm throwing her in the Hall of Fame for the fact that she was the one of the focal storyline or uh, members of the roster and an on-air character in 2012 and in 2013. And so you take that away from the Bellas, the fact that they were pivotal characters. They were, were they, though? Oh, good grief. I don't... People, when they had matches in from 2008 until... I mean, really, look. The last few years of their career, I'll admit, especially with Nikki Bella, she got much improved. And people, you know, came around, especially with what they did with the, the uh, Total Divas show, that, that kind of got them more notoriety and people were more interested in them. But before all that happened, before 2014, I, I don't think anybody really, I mean, the, yeah, okay, they look good, but that was about it. When their matches started, what did people do in the arena? They went to the bathroom because that was an era, I know, understand, it's an era so you're they throwing were unfortunate out an to be a part of, but that doesn't mean that they should be recognized for the fact, oh, they were one of the focal, they were one of the main people in an era where nobody cared about women's wrestling. So then if that's the case, then ultimately when WWE went PG, then when their ratings dropped and their attendance to their arenas dropped, ultimately you're saying that some of the pro, some of the male wrestlers in there, they should be taken out of there as well. Because this was around the time when one of your favorite brands, Impact Wrestling, was drawing bigger crowds, was seeing better attendance because it was a new product. So then you're saying that there's a stretch there that there are some male wrestlers where they should be overlooked as well. Well, look, that's the beauty of this is obviously we'll agree to disagree and we'll continue to say that you're wrong and I'm right. I am so right. I doubt it. Where's Victoria or Molly Holly in the Hall of Fame? Who did Victoria take on? Trish Stratus. Lita, so Trish Stratus Molly made, Holly. So, Gail Kim. So what you're saying is Trish Stratus has basically made everybody's career, huh? <laughs> like she, that's basically well, the premise. That's why she deserved to go in first before everybody else. So then basically what you're saying is if you didn't take on a Hall of Famer or you weren't in a program with a Hall of Famer, you're not worthy of going into the Hall of Fame. So ultimately, with that being said, Duke the Dumpster Drozy goes in. 
Did he wrestle Triple H? Yeah. Look, based on your Who, premise? At a point when he was not a Hall of Famer. Based on your premise? Okay, if that's uh, the Brooklyn Brawler goes in. Well, Brooklyn Brawler holds a pinfall victory over Triple H, by the way. When he was oh, a main God, event. He's just going to let everybody. I guess everybody now, goes in the should w. probably go in shift gears. I guess, argument is over. I win. Let's go. No, on. obviously you realize how absurd you sound. You just said, keep in mind, this is recorded. You just said the Brooklyn Brawler should go in the. Good for you. Congratulations. <laughs> I never said that. Yes, I just said you, that he beat Triple H. And congratulations. Do you feel. I'm going to put a poll out there because I want to know how many people feel like the Brooklyn Brawler should go in the Hall of Fame. I'm intrigued to see what the numbers come back on this one. All right. So. I've said that the Bella's going in. You've obviously said that it was uh, AJ being squashed by Undertaker. What's your second pick for the third most infuriating thing that WWE has done in recent weeks? Well, it was that. It was the Bella Twins going oh, in. Lord. My number one, if we're going to transition to that, and I guess we're both on the same page with this, is Goldberg winning the Deadgum Universal title. Actually, Why? no, it's not. That's number two for me. Well, well, oh, okay. All right. Well, I mean, look, honestly, I think one of the reasons I'm not infuriated about it is kind of saw it coming. If you've been following the finishing move on our live show that we do, that you can see it on the Atlanta SportsX YouTube page, the man wasn't going over there to lose. He was going over there to get paid. And he wasn't going over there to lose. I see. I don't I don't think that he was going over there saying, hey, I'm not doing Saudi Arabia unless you put me over. I don't think it's a matter of being put over. I think it's a matter of... A matter of him getting the belt, correcting the wrong that was done over there, making himself look better, which that's argued whether or not he did it because he couldn't even get the fiend up to do the jackhammer properly. But <laughs> That's true. It's one of those things. I think it was just kind of better example. If you listen to the tail end of the finishing move that we did this evening, Adam Gillespie makes a great point. The way you end a pay-per-view is the way that you'll remember it. Yep. The way that that match ended is the way that Goldberg wants to be remembered over in Saudi Arabia. That's why I figured he would go over there and win. He didn't want to go over there and be taken out with the mandible claw. He didn't want to go over there and be taken out by a chair shot or anything of that nature. Because if that would have happened, then what you still have is that horrid match between him and The Undertaker is still fresh on your palate. Now you get a new memory, particularly for the kids. Because keep in mind, Undertaker, I mean Undertaker, excuse me, Goldberg is still one of those I don't want to call him a pure wrestler, but I'm when I say the word pure, I mean wholesome. He still loves the kids. He still has in his mind that when he sees kids, if you even watch him go to the ring, he seeks out the kids, he high-fives them, he does the things for not only his kids, but he does it for the kids. He wants that to be a part of the memory for him, and he didn't want that to go down without a fight. So it didn't surprise me, and I think that's why I'm not upset about it because, look, you knew it was it was kind of a fait, a, a fait accompli, and if you remember... I even think this uh, there's a possibility that this could happen. When The Rock beat John Cena and he got rid of the Spinner Championship, that's when we got introduced to the new title. This could be an opportunity if WWE wanted to. The way that they've been producing titles, they might actually introduce a new belt. Well, that aside, I don't think that really matters. Look, how much do you think you got paid for, for this match? More than me and you make in six years. More than probably we make in 20 years. Look. I don't know what you plan to be doing in 20 years. I am, I'm going to be do a millionaire you, in 20. Do you really think that at the end of the day, in the back of his mind, Goldberg, no offense to our Saudi Arabian listeners, 
But do you think Goldberg actually was losing sleep over the idea that the lasting memory of Saudi Arabian fans was the fact that he got concussed and couldn't finish really truly finish a match with the Undertaker? Okay, last first of year? all, let me tell you how crazy you sound. You think we have listeners in Saudi Arabia? <laughs> That's where we're going to start. We're a growing fan you base. You are literally on a track of just weird takes tonight. And the fact that you think we have fans in Saudi Arabia, good for you, man. Hey, hey you know what? Shoot for the stars. Maybe I, you'll hit I, a planet. I, you know what? I'm bringing something different tonight. That's all I can say. But look, Goldberg, fine. He wanted to right the wrongs, quote unquote, of what, you know, how the match went last year. He wanted to have a better impression of, for the Saudi Arabian fans in front of that crowd. He wanted to leave a better impression going back over there and righting the wrong, whatever. He didn't have to win the dead gum universal title to do that. You could have put him in the ring with somebody over there in just a special attraction match. What is the point of him being Universal Champion? And what is the point of taking a character like the Fiend Bray Wyatt that you have spent all this time building up as an unstoppable monster only to get more or less squashed by Bill Goldberg in a, what, like five minutes tops in this match over in Saudi Arabia by a guy who's 50-plus years old, hasn't been a regular wrestler in almost 20 years, and hasn't wrestled at all in about three years, now you now you've completely just taken the that Undertaker? character and blown. I know he. Do you really want to remember last year? I think you'd try to forget most of what happened with Goldberg. Was that really wrestling, or was that just laying around? I on the like mat? how you conveniently remove portions of history just to make it wor- work in your dream world. That's pretty cool, man. <laughs> I need to start working on it. I love how you just remove aspects of history so then it fits into your narrative a little bit better. That's really actually pretty re- cool. Do you want to actually remember in your brain him and Undertaker from last year? I conveniently wiped it. Well, it if that's the case, better. if we're wiping things away, then the Undertaker is still undefeated at WrestleMania. I've wiped that away now. Look at that. <laughs> Look what I've done. I just wiped away. The streak is still intact. Look what I have just done there. He retired uh, after What else that do I want to wipe, right? wipe away? Um... I'm going to wipe away that Daniel Bryant made that ugly WWE championship that was made of what was looked a great like title. cardboard and chiclets. I'm going to wipe that away. That never happened. He kept it cool. But I'm going to wipe away the Montreal screw job. Well, no, you can't do that. No, 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 no. We're wiping away If you portions. do that, then what about all that money Bret Hart made no, on the no, Wrestling no, with no. Shadows DVD? Or, no, uh, sir. We're, we're, we're wiping away portions of history to make it's it work, work anyway. for us. We're going to wipe away. Um, Let's see. I'm going to wipe away that Impact Wrestling totally messed it up by hire, by bringing on Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff when they had a perfect... We're going to wipe away some things here, man. We're going to re- rewrite no, history. No, 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 no. Hold on a minute now. Under Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff, Impact did experience its highest rating. I'm sorry, Vince ever. Russo, you're right. I'm going to wipe away when they bought on Vince Russo. Okay, I'll, I'll get on board with you on that. So, no, we're conveniently... Look. Yeah, let's do it. And the reason, that's why I say, I think it's easy for me to go with it because... Now, it's ironic also. You have an issue with Goldberg being the champ, but you don't have an issue with The Undertaker coming out squashing AJ. Because AJ Styles is not the same thing. He's not a character-driven personality. The Fiend is a character. It's just like The Undertaker. This would be like if you brought out Bill Goldberg to beat the dead man Undertaker in like 94 when he was at the height, when he was unstoppable, and all of a sudden he loses in, in five minutes to Bill Goldberg. It's the same thing. AJ Styles is just, you know, he's one of the most phenomenal wrestlers, pun intended. Well, it's kind of in the name. Yes. <laughs> he can he can take this. He's an established 
main event level guy who can have a feud with The Undertaker, and it can be good stuff. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if AJ Styles actually beats The Undertaker at WrestleMania. That said, it's to me it's not even the same argument here because AJ Styles is not a monster. He is just a really good wrestler. Let it's me point some, let me point something out to you and I think this is why I don't ha- I'm not as infuriated as you are with the Fiend losing. Number 1, it is you've now seen that Bray Wyatt that he is a genius in terms of reinventing himself because when he was Husky Harris, he was supposed to be dead in the water. He came back with the Bray Wyatt character. Everybody jumped on it like gangbusters. And that's how we got the Fireflies. That went away for whatever reason. I don't even remember the reason why it went away. He came back with this. And honestly, I thought he was coming back to be some sort of pedophile Mr. Rogers. I had no clue what he's coming back with. So if the Fiend is going away, and which, by the way, it probably needed to have a loss even if you don't like the fact that it was to Bill Goldberg, then it would have been to Roman Reigns. Which or- I wouldn't have had a problem with. Okay. Well, there, there. Because it's different. Roman Reigns is an active competitor who's not 55 years old or however old Goldberg is. Why do you have a big issue with his age? The Undertaker is 6,000. Undertaker's not winning the title. The Undertaker Undertaker's he won not a defeating trophy. the Fiend. He beat AJ Styles. It's not the same. Okay, AJ it's Styles the same but different. Not a monster. AJ Styles has been defeated. It's a tell and AJ Styles is not the world champion. You do realize technically the Fiend has been defeated as Bray Wyatt, right? You do realize he's also Husky Harriet. We just talked about they're it's all the, the same alter people. Ego. He's the the Fiend is the alter ego that was oh, unstoppable. Boy. It's the same difference. Well, living in fantasy world tonight. This is going to get dangerous, same, guys. It's, it's it's Finn Balor with the demon. The demon has never been defeated. This is gonna get dangerous, guys. You guys better hang on for this one. Didn't the fiend have? Didn't the uh, the demon have his shoulder broken? Wasn't he the demon? No, he wasn't. When uh, he was Seth the demon when the shoulder happened. Oh, so I guess. But the he de- won the match. Oh, then the demon had to relinquish and his belt the very next night. Was was that poor? You know what? The best thing to do now would be just to let Goldberg take that universal title and just take it home and just get rid of it. Get rid of the universal title. No more. Let's have one champion for both brands. Just have them float around like the old days. Because that poor title Boy. has been through the ringer since its existence. Well, we just talked about Finn Balor wins it night one on SummerSlam 16 and has to vacate it the very next night because of injury. It's just been... And then Brock Lesnar's basically taken it home and left it on his mantle for you know months at times, too. So You just got hot take it to tonight, brother. Oh, yeah. I'm Good fired grief. up. Clearly. Go ahead and get your wife pregnant, and then all of a sudden your <laughs> testosterone just goes through the roof a little bit here. Oh, yeah. All right, so number one at the top of the list, I've said mine was The Undertaker. Obviously, it is you with Bill Goldberg and winning the title. I mean, ultimately, we now have have to just basically sit and wait. And keeping in mind, look, outside of the Hall of Fame situation, this all boils down to one big thing that the WWE uncreative continues to do, and that is continues to be uncreative. Because that's why I think one of the reasons why I'm kind of okay with the Goldberg scenario is that we saw the uncreative portion of it. Right now, I think the one thing that I guess maybe I'll take a little bit of joy and solace and being excited about is maybe the tag team division will get a little bit more attention and love. I mean, we saw that the Miz and Morrison are now champions again. The New Day obviously isn't going anywhere. We're not going to see... 
Xavier Woods back towards the end of the year. How would you feel if the, you know, obviously we know that Brock Lesnar, he'll probably disappear for a little while with the universal title. Obviously, Goldberg will probably disappear for a little while with the title. So at that point in time, the mid-card titles, they'll have to be they'll have to step up a little bit more with Braun Strowman uh, being your IC title and Andrade. Andrade, yeah, the U.S. champ. He's going to drop that anyway because they're not happy he failed the wellness policy. (laughs) (laughs) That's a a very good point. The question is to who. I think it could be somebody like Ricochet. That would be a good choice. It it needs to be Ricochet. Yeah, I agree. It need like that's the only thing, and that's the one thing that I brought up on the on the uh, finishing move of the show is at that point in time you've got to get him involved as quickly as possible. If not, he's just going to become a high flying, super exciting mid carder that's not going to go anywhere. But I think part of the concern of Vince McMahon still has any say so in it is the way that he wrestles. You always have to be concerned about injury. Oh sure, I mean he's basically if he doesn't if he doesn't get well established as a major player with within the you know a mid card title now, yeah he can be the next Evan Bourne who okay it was great he can do the shooting star press and it's perfect but did anybody you know did we really ever push him truly it's a Neville situation almost uh looking at Pac when he was in WWE and it's, it's I mean that's where he could be he's got a little more I don't know he seems to have a little more uh charisma than like an Evan Bourne did but at the same time it's not on the uh, it's definitely not something that translates from a promo sp- perspective but I mean with him I we argued that, and especially uh, Road Dog was really against the fact that it didn't do anything for him. I think, I mean, the fact that he did have a title match, if it didn't elevate him a whole lot, it was just a little bit. And if you can take that momentum and capitalize, if Paul Heyman is as big on Ricochet as we hear, then now's the time to strike with him. Yeah, he got beaten however many seconds or minutes or whatever it was. One minute, 25 seconds. There you go. Put him over Andrade and let him take that title into WrestleMania and really go big with him. Give him a good opponent that he can steal the show with. Is it wrong that I almost say, let's go back old school. You start off, you're a lower card wrestler. You work your way up. You get to the mid card. You get to a mid card championship. You drop the mid card championship and you work your way up to a heavyweight world championship, whatever you want to call it. Because that's what WWE has gotten away from. And granted, don't get me wrong, there are some superstars that should get to just jump that hurdle right out the gate. But then there are some that you need to work up to that point. I look at and I liken it to Razor Ramon. He's one of my favorite wrestlers. Razor Ramon, he started off lower card. He never got to the world championship. He was never a world champ. But he worked his way up to the mid card and went into the Hall of Fame as a mid card champion. Well, and if you'll remember... When his career started in WWE, he actually was in the world title picture because he, he had a program with Randy Savage and Mr. Perfect, team with Ric Flair. He challenged Bret Hart for the world title. Then he kind of settled into that role as, a, as that mid-card uh, title guy, and he was a really solid mid-card babyface and probably could have been a really solid heel world champion had they ever – you know, if he'd have stayed in the company and not gone to, to WCW, he might have very well won that title. He might have been one – him and Shawn Michaels could have went back to the well with a heel razor moment. But, yeah, I mean, it would be nice to see them go that route, John. That's a good idea to bring these guys up from NXT. Do I think it will happen? A, no. Make a, make a concentrated effort to build these guys up from the bottom to the top and don't sour on them. Don't pull what you did with Cedric Alexander where you push him in there against AJ Styles and say – 
ah, we don't really like them, throw them back to the wolves, we don't really care anymore. You've got to actually dedicate yourself to getting these people over. You can't just change your mind on a whim. And that's been the problem with this company for years, for decades. And ultimately, it goes back to the top of the the food ladder there. It's Vince McMahon. Food ladder? (laughs) I think food chain might be the analogy you're looking for there, good buddy. Yes, it was food chain. Vince McMahon, you know, you always read reports that his mind changes on, and I know he's not as involved right now, theoretically, as he has been in the past, but that's just him being present at the TV tapings. If you don't think that he's still making, he's not making the ultimate decisions for both shows, you're crazy. It's still always going to be, at the end of the day, his decisions. And you've just seen the examples too much over the years where they'll start a storyline and then all of a sudden, and it starts getting a little traction, but he loses interest in it, it goes away. And it's the same thing with the build of some of these guys. If they don't just really strike him, he gives up on them. He doesn't. He doesn't have the patience to give them time to develop over, you know, a year, two years. Because some guys aren't going to catch fire like crazy immediately. They're going to take a little time. But if you actually dedicate to them and put them in a position from a perspective, the fans' perspective, where they buy them as, okay, they've been in the mid card scene for a while. Now we're going to push them slowly up into the main title picture. You know what? This guy's been around. He's had some really solid matches. We're buying him here. And then they start to get over. Buy a sell. Sell. Buy. I don't know. Okay, we're going to end this because obviously Chris Colwell is hyped up on Mountain Dew and Skittles <laughs> right now. And he's ready you know, to... I only s- had two cups of coffee today. Normally I have three. And so where this, where this energy is coming from, I'm not exactly sure. He's ready to scissor kick someone in the back of the head, Chip. You know, the last time I tried to kick somebody, I broke my shoulder, so I shouldn't do that. It happened. He's not wrong about that. It happened. Or or uh, there's the other story that I got power bombed outside the uh, studio here. Uh, no, we're not someone. going with that one. No, you no, no tra- I like the power bomb. The no, sucker punch no, power no, bomb. No, 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 no. You tried to super kick someone and broke your shoulder. You guys go and do anatomy <laughs> and try and figure out how that one happened. Well, look, you guys have been listening to the finishing move, the dark matches. This is one of the fun parts about it is. We'll never agree on anything. And that's the beauty of pro wrestling is there's a right and a wrong way to do it. The wrong way is the way what Chris Colwell wants done. The right way to do it is the way that I want things done. Yeah, not so much. But obviously, we'll never agree on that that one. But you guys can listen to the finishing move, the dark matches. You can catch us at ATLSportsX.com. You can join in the conversation. You can catch Chris Colwell at? At Bearded Colwell forever. That is not changing. He just changed it. It's bearded Colwell forever. You just <laughs> no, changed it, bro. Like literally, we didn't even finish the podcast. Pack where I'm saying forever. No, it's just at bearded Colwell. Oh, so he'll change it to bearded Colwell for life. You can catch me at John Rad 450. You can also follow us at the Finishing Move on what's our Twitter handle there? Uh, Wrestle Sports X. We're also on Facebook too. So search for us there. I don't think he knows exactly what at it is. Wrestle Sports X, not at the Finishing X or whatever it was you said the other day on the video show. All right, look, I don't. You run the Twitter account. I don't know. I, gotta, I do run the Twitter account. You do a good job with that. Don't Thank we, you, sir. I'm gonna end this podcast now because you're getting all fired up and hypered up, turning all red in the face. You need to calm down. You need a hug or something. 
You guys have been listening to the finishing move, the dark matches. You can catch us on the Atlanta Sports X, 1230 AM, 106.3 FM, every Thursday from 7 to 8 p.m. ATLsports.com. Click on the podcast tab. You'll find all our podcasts, all our interviews that are there, or the Atlanta Sports X YouTube page. You can find us there at the finishing move, the live matches. Look, we got a lot going on, and you guys need to keep up because we got so many fun things coming up for you guys this year. Particularly, Chris Cole is going to have a baby, and we're going to do the whole birthing process live on the finishing move, the live matches. It's <laughs> going to be awesome. You guys are not going to want to miss that. We're going to put it on Facebook Live. We're going to put it on Twitter Live. We're going to have a lot of fun with this. So we're going to, and also we're going to have therapy. Don't trust me. I know you guys feel like Gillespie should be in therapy, but we are going to have therapy. There's going to be a therapy session. I'll tell you the members of it. You got to keep up and listen. Follow us. But you're going to have so much fun, and we got so many things in store for you guys. We hope you keep following us. Thank you guys for listening. You're listening to Finishing Moves. Thank you. Good night. <laughs>